0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, May 8, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. National Security Agency reform legislation is moving through Congress, having moved quickly through two House committees. Julian Sanchez, a research fellow at the Cato Institute, says it is a positive first step toward reining in surveillance abuses. Real, substantial reform of the National Security Agency's surveillance authorities uh, just got Uh, much closer to reality as the House Intelligence Committee unanimously passed out the USA Freedom Act, uh, which the day before had been voted out of the Judiciary Committee uh, also unanimously. This is legislation uh, proposed by Representative James Sensenbrenner and Senator Patrick Leahy uh, and actually first announced at uh, an NSA conference we held here uh, at the Cato Institute last year by Representative Sensenbrenner. The version approved by the Judiciary Committee is not quite the robust and comprehensive and far-reaching reform of surveillance authorities that the initial version was. Compromises uh, had to be made to get the intelligence committees and the administration to sign on. But given the alternatives, given a, an alternative bill that the Intelligence Committee had proposed that would in many ways have actually expanded NSA uh, authority to monitor our phone and internet records, uh, this is uh, really a a kind of substantive limitation that six months ago, I think, seemed completely unrealistic. Uh, It does not, as the original version did, deal with the full range of different NSA authorities. Uh, The original version, for example, um, uh, included some limitations on what's called Section 702 surveillance. This is the authority under the FISA Amendments Act of 2008 uh, to target foreigners outside the United States, including their communications with Americans under what the founders would have regarded as general warrants with individual NSA analysts deciding – which actual uh, email accounts and phone numbers to target. Um, The original version would have limited what are called backdoor searches. It would have said, look, this is an authority that's very broad and powerful to target foreigners. You cannot then, after sweeping up millions and millions of communications – go back in and circumvent the warrant requirement by searching for an American's name or email address, uh, That is that has been removed. And uh, also some restrictions on what's been called about surveillance, that is uh, the target Uh, Under this authority isn't just the person whose emails you're reading uh, but the person about whom a communication is, uh, which means that we know now uh, international emails are basically being filtered in mass to see if the body of an email contains uh, a reference to the email or or other identifier of a foreign target. Uh, There will be an opportunity perhaps to revisit those questions when the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board produces its – thorough report on that authority uh, sometime this summer, but substantively what we get is a fix that is focused on the Patriot Act 215 authority that is the basis for the now infamous telephony metadata program that vacuumed up indiscriminately the telephone records of millions of innocent Americans uh, for later search. Uh, It takes a slightly different approach. The original version of the bill worked directly to fix and strengthen the idea of relevance to an investigation. The secret FISA court had held that essentially an incredibly broad theory of relevance um, would allow the NSA to get all records because all records are relevant to their ability to essentially search all records for connections uh, between targets – the uh, Judiciary Committee made very clear in a series of uh, very pointed speeches that uh, that was not what Congress had intended. that The FISC had perverted and, and misinterpreted that authority. Uh, so where the original bill would have said, look, uh, relevance doesn't mean that. Relevance has to involve some kind of direct link to a suspected foreign agent or terrorist um, or the activities of a suspected foreign agent or terrorist. Um, Instead, what they've done is keep the the language about relevance, which as we now know the the surveillance court has interpreted far too broadly, but does require that when records are obtained under this authority, the NSA or FBI use specific selection terms, which is to say you cannot – just say, give us all the records. You have to say, give us the records for this person, this company, this account. You need a a term as they define it used to uniquely describe a person, entity or account. Uh, In in a way, that's actually even narrower than the previous approach because the activities of a suspected foreign agent, there's some wiggle room there. You'd say, well, what if the activities of a a foreign terrorist or visiting a certain website or you know, uh, renting renting cars, uh, depending on how that were interpreted, you would have room for bulk collection there. Um, this is narrower in that sense. Uh, on the other hand, it depends how narrowly selection term is read because you don't have that requirement of a nexus. They could in principle, this is sort of obviously counter to the spirit of the law, but they could, you know, sort of write a little program that prints out every phone number in the United States and say, here's our specific selection terms. I think the intent of Congress to end bulk collection is sufficiently clear at this point that they uh, would not uh, attempt to get away with that. One hopes there's some additional transparency uh, measures in this, uh, providing for uh, inspector general investigations and for disclosure of significant opinions. So it will be harder for them than it has been in the past to hide these kind of uh, word games and and cheats against the spirit of the law. Um, though even then, specific selector, if it's a phone number, an email address, uh, that's pretty specific. Uh, if it's something like an internet protocol address or an identifier of, let's say, a large corporation, uh, you still have a lot of potential for what might be thought of as bulkish collection, not totally indiscriminate, but still very large scale. Uh, still on the whole, I think, When you look at the position, the administration, the NSA's defenders took six months ago when we first started getting the – I guess almost a year ago now when we first started uh, learning about this program, we, uh, we, we, we saw essentially no willingness to change it and now we see really an almost complete repudiation of the collect everything, search through it later model. We are no longer having bulk collection by NSA. We do not don't even have a requirement that private companies retain records longer uh, or in more detail than their ordinary business purposes require. Uh, we're going to have individualized judicial approval of the specific selection terms that they are sending to the companies. Uh, And this is sort of healthy. They created a a slightly separate authority just for call detail records, just for phone records, not any other kind that explicitly says this can be used prospectively, meaning once you've authorized a phone number or other identifier, you can uh, can get continuous records going forward for six months. Uh, And that's actually a good thing to make that explicit because it does also kind of clarify that, look, a records authority is supposed to be for records that already exist, not to in other kinds of cases create some kind of indefinite future obligation to keep turning information over. Um, this is in a lot of ways a weaker bill again than than the one announced here at Cato. Um, there is a Not the same strong provision for an independent civil liberties advocate that's sort of been watered down and reduced to an amicus curiae, an advisor uh, to be uh, appointed by the option of the court as opposed to on their own authority. But still, we have come an incredibly long way in a year uh, after more than a decade when it seemed like saying the words national security – Ended all discussion about the need to protect privacy. Uh, so this is, uh, I think, not the last step down that road, but certainly a very heartening first step. Julian Sanchez is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at cato.org.